Hey guys, welcome back to the Adulting with Autism podcast. I'm your host, April Ratchford. I'm so happy to have you back again. I hope you guys have gotten back into the routine of going back to school and back to work after two weeks of a holiday here in the States. If you're somewhere else, I hope you had some time off to enjoy festivities. I can't wait to get to this episode because I know this is what the majority of you are looking for is the college episode. I know some of you are like, nice lady. We enjoyed how you explained gap year. However, we're going to skip all of that and we're just going the college route okay fair enough fair enough so let's get into the nitty-gritty of college and what you're going to need before you go so buckle up buttercup and let's go for the ride first things first do they really want to go or do you want them to go as i said before this is really their choice if they're really raring to go and they do not want to skip let's take in the differences between in-state and out-of-state costs the average cost of a public college and university for 23-24 in-state was over ten thousand dollars and a private college was 75% more. Out-of-state was over $42,000. And I got that in U.S. News off the internet. So consider if you're going to go in-state or out-of-state. Also, if you do not want to rack up a ton of debt, you want to get in and get out as fast as possible. Going in, you better know what you want to do. College is not the place to find yourself. As I've said, that's the gap year. So you better know what you want to be and how long is it going to take? Do you need a four-year degree? Do you only need a two-year degree? Do you need a technical degree? doesn't really matter. Now, if you're going to go into higher level things like doctor, lawyer, such, of course, you're going to be in school for a while. If you're going into things like technology, Those things can be technical degrees and you can build later. You can always build later. Nursing, same thing. You don't necessarily have to start at the four-year or two-year route. You can start at one year and have your employer pay for you to go back. There's different ways to have this cost cut down, but you have to know what you want to do. And here are three things to keep in mind. Why do you want to go to college? Is college the only option? And are you prepared for college? First things first, this part of the year is going to go fast for some of you. At first, it started out slow, right? This is where it's going to speed up and it's going to speed up quick. Most colleges start between August and September. And those of you that are seniors in high school, you're going to be getting out anywhere between May and June. Think about that. That's not a lot of time to pull yourself together. In high school, you're going to be prepping for the ACT and SAT. You need both of those tests to go out of state. And just to stay in state, you just need the ACT. Now on the ACT, the lowest average of scores are between 16 and 20. And on the SAT, it's 800 to 1,000. The highest score you can get on the ACT is 36. The highest on the SAT is 1,600. Those are perfect scores. You don't need a perfect score. However, those averages of a low score, you got to be careful. The lower the average, the lower the scholarships may be, the lower your grants may be. You got to remember, you're not just competing against your fellow classmates. You're competing against kids all over the nation. 
and sometimes all over the world to get into schools. It's not just you getting into these programs. So you want to do your very best. If you're not a great test taker and you have bad anxiety, I'm going to do another podcast on how you can clear your test anxiety. Believe me, I have really bad test anxiety. And as an occupational therapist, our boards are five hours. I flip and failed mine the first time around. So I, I, I can understand the anxiety. Your GPA is also important. The lowest you ever want your GPA is 2.0. That's a C in the state of Kentucky. Now, California is completely different. And if you're listening from California, I believe you're on a, like a five-point scale, whereas a lot of states are on a four-point scale. So I'm not sure how California ranks their um, GPAs. I know theirs is on a five-point scale. But on a four-point scale, 2.0 is the lowest you want to get. If you get a 1.5, you're going to have to explain why in the world you have a 1.5. If you hear meowing, it's my cat, Peter. He's feeling a little lonely. I Every time I podcast, somebody wants to meow and have their own opinions. So if you hear that in the background, I'm sorry. So with that in mind... If your GPA right now is in the gutter, you still have time to pull it up. If your GPA has been in the gutter since your freshman year, you might want to rethink some options. We'll talk about that. The next thing is you're going to want to lay out how you're going to pay for all of this. Now, unless you have parental units that are rolling in dough, and they're going to pay out of pocket, you're going to need to fill out the FAFSA, which is your federal student aid. And there's a lot of information on it. A lot of it, you're going to have to watch videos about it. A lot of it is very confusing. You're not going to know where this money is coming from and how to split it up. I'll make another podcast about that. That's a long, long explanation. You do want to apply between now and March. First come, first serve. And there are usually deadlines. You can still apply later in the year if you decide, hey, I think I can go to college. I can handle it. But it's not guaranteed there's enough money there to cover your expenses. Of course, you always have scholarships and grants. Here in Kentucky, high schoolers are given the opportunity to use their grades to earn money for their grants as long as they stay in state for school. So if they have A's and B's and C's, they get money for that. Unfortunately, I think it's just a weird way to do it because it's not always fair, I think, simply because every school is different. It's not unified. One school may have That's the word I'm looking for. Advantages over another, depending on their alumni. Uh, For example, I graduated from a high school um, called Mayo. We have really high, well-known alumni that donate to the school. And we have a huge campus and we're well-known. And 
you see all this prestige with our school and we're called a college prep high school versus another high school like Wagner that's here in Kentucky that is less well-known, doesn't have the alumni, not considered a great school. They have great programs because they're trying to raise the standards of the school because it's in a low-income area. Get my drift? So not always fair, not always equal. With the scholarships, you can Google. Back in my day, yes, I'm breaking that line out. Back in my day, we had big old thick books to search for scholarships. You'll see scholarships that will say if you have red hair, if you have Italian heritage, if you have this last name, of course, autism, if you have any other learning disability, you want to Google it. It The possibilities are in this. Search for things. Also, you might want to look at different philanthropy groups that will hand out money for first-generation students going to college. And don't forget, if you are a child of a veteran that's been injured or God forbid, if they have um, passed on in a war, you're a lot of benefits as well. And you want to get jump on that really quick because the paperwork for veterans benefits is very complicated, very time consuming, and you'll probably need some help navigating that part. The next thing is, is kind of discovering how much assistance will you need? Right now, you have an IEP set for you. And basically, it's fairly simple whether you need somebody to take notes for you, additional time if you need a quiet place, and such like that. All schools in the United States have a student accessibility that offers those same things. However, there are colleges that offer autism specific student accessibility that have extra things allotted for kids with autism, such as they get their own dorm rooms so they can have decompression time. Um, They have small groups where they meet for studying and keeping on task, for socialization, making sure they're on track with their majors and other things. So there's the difference. You want to make sure how much help you're actually going to need. I'd rather you guys have too much help than not enough help. And I'll tell you why. When you start putting out your applications, you're going to have to enter the school. Everybody has to enter the school the same. But if you want the schools with the autism-specific student accessibility supports, they have additional applications that you have to apply by during deadlines. You have to pay extra for those accessibilities and Vogue Rehab can help you pay for those. And like I said, this is just a beginning and that's why it's important for you guys to, you know, get on task and keep up with dates and keep up with who needs what. So, on to the application part. Now, applications can range in price, and most schools, if you are 
low income, they'll waive that application fee for you. Um, some schools will discount it for you. Now, before you get real application happy, some of these can be up to 80 to $90, some even more. So you have to decide what school is best for you and your learning environment. It sounds great to go to Harvard. It sounds great to be at Princeton. It sounds great to be at University of Florida. However, are these schools for you? How big do you want this campus to be? How far away do you want to be? Do you want to stay in state? Do you want to go out of state? All these things go into how many applications you want to file. I would not file any more than five. Your top three and two backup. And you should be sending out applications now. Some students already knew how, who they wanted to apply to and did the early admission. I don't ever go that route. You go, people always change their minds. When you apply to these schools, you might want to take visits to see if you actually like these campuses. You can do virtual or in-person. Have a list of questions. Z did not write any questions down. I wasn't going to ask any questions. I've been to college. I got my two degrees, so I felt the need not to ask any questions. This was his rodeo. Engage. The, this is your time to figure out how the campus flows and you want to do it during the school year. Summertime looks completely different than fall and spring. Summer on a campus is like a dead zone, except for grad students. You will get the campus flow during fall and spring. That's your best bet. With that being said, now you have to decide whether you want to go the four-year route or the two-year route. Now, between a bachelor's and associates, all of this applies, what I just went over. The only difference in a, an associates, which is technically called community colleges, is that no community college has autism-specific student accessibility, no meal plan, no dorms, and you're going to have to figure out how you're going to get there every day. That's the only difference. Everything else is basically the same. And they can prep you in case you decide, I'm going to go on for my bachelor's. Now, here's a recommendation for financial aid before I go into vocational and technical schools. Parental units, you might want to get a power of attorney or conservatorship over your kids' finances until they get used to the financial aid process. And I'll tell you why. This is where me and Z went wrong. When you guys fill out these applications and mom and dad or parental units, whichever, they have to fill out this application. You can assist, but this is the time for them to start doing this on their own. They're going to see an area where it's going to ask them if they have a disability and if they're want to have anyone have access to any of their records or finances, grades, and such. Because once they turn 18, you have no access to any of their records or finances because technically they're adults. You would think having autism, people would understand that kids with autism 
that's a lot of information to take in on top of learning routines, picking out classes, being on their own. And when we say let the parents handle the finances until they get settled, that would be common sense. No, not all schools are made the same and not all schools are there for your kids' education. As Riot applied to Eastern Kentucky University, he filled out the application himself. He got in. He filled out the portion that says he has autism, spina bifida, and that I was to be in charge of all finances. Well, long story short, he ends up at Western Kentucky University. Western Kentucky University has autism-specific student accessibility. Eastern Kentucky University did not. He had a horrible experience at Eastern Kentucky University. And I'll tell you in another podcast. And it was a horror story. When he went to financial aid at WKU to, um, to get all his finances together and then try to sign up for courses, they called me along with him and said he had a $10,000 bill from Eastern Kentucky University. I about lost my mind. So that meant I had to drive all the way from Nicholasville, Kentucky, all the way to um, Western Kentucky University, load up the car, load everything up because he, he can't stay in the dorms if you don't have registration for classes. Because I had already taken them back after the fall winter break. He was supposed to register as soon as he hit, you know, before the spring term. I had to drive then all the way to EKU. I went to the financial aid office and I looked at the nice lady and I said, what kind of person allows an individual who's never gone to college that has autism get a $10,000 bill without calling their parent? Because his financial aid for that year was only $1,200. I'm appalled that he even wasn't even booted out of classes within the first week because per their policy and procedure, you can't roll over debt past $2,000 or $1,000. I can't remember. And they had no answer for me. I was like, he had $10,000. I had no notification of this. This is going on over a year. And they were like, oh, well, oh, you did move. I'm like, but my email is still the same. So long story. They had no answers for me. So you do not want to be in that situation because we're still dealing with that situation. Because if you have a debt to a college, you cannot get a transcript. And without a transcript, you can't transfer to other schools. And Z wanted to fully transfer to WKU. And now he's stuck. So Like I said, that was just our experience with Eastern Kentucky University. I find them to be shady. That is just how I feel about them. I'm like, what kind of school would allow that? Take it with a grain of salt. Not all colleges are there for your students' benefit in education. Sometimes they're just there for the money. Keep that in the back of your head. Last but not least, vocational and technical schools. Now, with vocational technical schools, they're usually shorter 
in duration than two and four year colleges. They're usually between maybe 12, 18 months at the most. Average cost is 33000 per year, depending on what you're going for. It's pretty much very skilled employment. There's up to date and relevant. You do need your high school diploma and they also help in finding employment after education. Those are all the routes that you can take for education. Now, how you take these educational courses, that's a whole new other beast that we can tackle another day. And this is all prior to just going to college. This is your foot in the door. Wasn't that fun? I do want to say, even though if you are deciding that you're really not going to go to college and this not your cup of tea, all of you need to do the ACT and SAT just in case. Always have something to fall back on. You may think school sucks now and you will never step foot in another classroom as long as you may live, but you will grow, you'll have experiences, and you may change your mind. You just might. I thought the same thing once I got my nursing degree. Well, it was my technical degree. When I was 21, I was like, great, I have a career. I'm never going back to school. Here I was in 2006 going back to school and... Lo and behold, I have a bachelor's in allied health sciences and a master's of science in occupational therapy. You never know. That's all I have for you on this go round. If you would like, share with your friends, get this word out so we can get all of you adulting, getting you on your merry way independently, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening again. I would love to hear from any of you. Until next time, think about this and have a great weekend. See you next week.